My name is Radio B. I'm with Here RVA Liner Notes. Thank you for having me. You know, it wasn't like you could just, you couldn't just wake up one day and like download a beat from YouTube and turn on a mic in your living room and make a SoundCloud and an IG and then you're an artist and you're in, in people's inboxes promoting yourself as a rapper like tomorrow. Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you had to you had to write something, you had to learn it, and then you had to go out into public, whether it was a football game or cafeteria or barbershop or open mic or whatever it was, but you had to go out somewhere and rap and people had to like grade you <laughs> one way or another. It could be very hostile of environment or it could be, you know, most times it was hostile, you know, like not hostile, but not like, you know, not like warm and open like it's like one of those things like you rap or you rap well rap then it's you know a, it's, it's a like yes you know you, no. yeah you, it's yeah. not like oh you rap let me hear it no it wasn't like that it was like oh you you think you rap you know like well rap then you know so or you're challenged by another rapper because you say you rap you know and that's how it was with us like you know if you rap like there wasn't a battle rapper and a rapper like you were a battle rapper because you rapped because you might have to battle because you said you rapped. That was how life worked. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't no hiding behind the studio type of situation where, so I wanted to try to figure out a way to replicate that experience, even if it wasn't going to be the organic way in which we came up. It's a way that still gives you that same challenging aspect to validate you and vet you as a artist. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Liner Notes. On today's episode, we have Radio B. Radio B is an MC from Richmond who's dropped a lot of projects, including his most recent, All Art Ain't Pretty. You also may have seen him all over the internet competing in rap battles, just demolishing cats. He also created RVA Rap Elite, which is a platform created for and by artists. You also may have seen some of his work walking around the streets of Richmond. He is the designer behind streetwear brand Mama Joe's Collection. We tap into all of that and more, so make sure you tune in to this whole joint. And ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Radio B. It's one of those things, like, people say Richmond is cliquish. I don't think it's cliquish. I think it's just very proximity-based, you know? Um, if you notice certain artists from certain backgrounds um, in certain neighborhoods make a certain kind of music for that particular neighborhood, mm -hmm. that neighborhood will lift them up to a higher viewpoint than the hip hop community would because the hip hop community in Richmond is not as big of a influence on the masses as that particular neighborhood might be. Um, and I say neighborhood or a side, it could be like somebody from the South side, you know, really makes a record that resonates with a certain demographic in that part of the city. And that record, one record lifts them sure. to a higher place. You know what I mean? So you've had those, you got those artists. Um, F and F chop right now is, is real hot. You know, you know, at, going back in time, you look like a person, like a red rum, you know, it's like. You know, uh, Junie Mac, the Booty Bounce record. It's like a lot of, there's been a lot of records that have gone B 
beyond just Richmond or beyond just the hip hop scene in Richmond. But um, I just think it's a, you know, all of it is cultural. It's like, you know, there's different layers to the culture. And Richmond is also not one, people always talk about this, Richmond is not one sound. Richmond is not one look. It's not one accent. It's not one style of dress. It's not one type of going out at night. You know, it's not any of this. You know what I'm saying? There's so many layers to the people in Richmond. That's why there's so many layers to the music in Richmond. So with that being said, my music is going to resonate with a certain core of people. You know, FNF Chops records are going to resonate with another core of people. You know what I'm saying? And so on and so forth, Nicholas F. And, you know, so it's like, and I often hear this too, like, well, why don't this side or this group of people collaborate with this group of people or mesh your fans? It's not really how things work in the world. Like, it's not, it's not, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't just, that's not how it works. You know, if it worked like that, we wouldn't have to force it. It would just happen, right? If you look at the industry, everybody's not and i mean you have certain artists that can bring people together like you have kanye who's who could bring different styles together and whatever you got drake who can bring different styles together but for the most part these different sub genres work within their own worlds you know what i mean like it's not a whole lot of mixing going on because the styles of music are the styles of music and in richmond it's going to be the same thing it's not a chosen like oh, i don't i don't like them they do this type of music or they don't like us because we do it that's not really what it is it's just everybody's in their own worlds like you gotta think the different styles of music typically go with different lifestyles as well you know what i'm saying so as you're operating in your lifestyle and in your environment i'm operating in my lifestyle and my environment that's just the result of it. I make a certain kind of music, you make a certain kind of music. Your music resonates with certain people. My music resonates with certain people. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's, and it's I think, really just that. I think you're, you're spot on about like there not being a sound or a style. And so how do you market something that's so di- There's such a wide and variety of things. that's the challenge in Richmond um, is that how do you, what do you say is Richmond sound and who do you market to outside of Richmond, right? It's, it's Richmond, trust me, it's good. But, <laughs> that's it! Um, but you know what, I, the thing about it is I think if we can get past this idea of Richmond having or not having a particular sound and we understand like we're in the age of the internet. Regional sounds are like almost becoming non-existent at this point. Um, every artist from Atlanta doesn't sound like artists from Atlanta 10 years ago. Every artist from New York definitely does not sound like artists from New York 10 years ago. Um, the, the cool thing about Richmond though is that we naturally have that ambiguity in style. It's a natural thing. It's not a, we looking at Houston and want to mess with their sound, or we're looking at this one and wanting to mess with their sound. And it's not really that. It's really, we've naturally been influenced by the North and naturally influenced by the South because we are smack dab in the middle of the Mason-Dixon line. So 
it the influence is just genuine because there's a lot of people that have moved here from New York, myself included. There's people that have moved from the further south. And that's really what makes Richmond's body of folk, right? So we've always had these diverse sounds. So now that everyone else has diverse sounds and every and the whole the whole map is just mixed up and moshed up and influenced by each other. I feel like for us, we should be able to, we are a better example of that than anywhere else. And that should be our strong point because you can get natural artists that sound like me. You can get natural artists that sound like, you know, um, you know, see what I'm saying? There's yeah. all these different sounds like that that are pure. They're not contrived. You know what I mean? And but they're all still from Richmond. So I think if if that would be embraced, the fact that we do have so many different sounds naturally, um, we'd actually flourish more than a lot of other cities. Yeah, we're like we're like the beta test of of converging sounds. We've been yeah, doing it yeah, for a while. We've been doing it long, you know, before. And in, and also creating sounds, you know, Neptune's, Timbaland, you know what I'm saying, Missy, like, you know, D'Angelo. There was no such thing as neo soul before D'Angelo, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, we just have to lean on our strong points instead of looking at our strong points as negatives. I'm Alexander, and this is Garrett. I'm we're, Garrett. We're honestly smoked. We found out we lived across the street from each other in college, and we were always cooking stuff in the backyard. Fin jerky came into play, and I had a recipe that I had messed around with. We went in, you know, that top spice, you can see it is bold. There's a lot of minced garlic, there's black pepper, there's smoked paprika, there's cayenne, there's garlic. There's all these great, great things in there that you just won't know. It's so textural and so vibrant, and then you bite into it, and it's like, boom, and it just lights you up. And not to be cliche, but we, we made our part with love. We started this because we both ate a lot of beef jerky. We'd go to the grocery store. And we still do. And we, of course we still do. Shout out Three Notch, Brewing. Three Notch Brewing, Collab House and Scott's Edition, our Who Smoked All the Porter recipe that was a companion beer to the Mild Child Jerky. And we were gonna try to take that and rummage that into an awesome little holiday flavor for y'all. You type in here RVA, we haven't made the promo code yet, but it will be live by the time this is. Yeah, you are in the future and this promo code is now live. Exactly. So, so if you use promo, car, promo here code RVA, here, you will get 25% off your entire order. Talk about like, I want to talk about your last album, All Art Ain't Pretty, because mm -hmm. you, you talk a lot about the creative process in that project, um, kind of like, you know, putting in the time to, to really like focus on your craft and work, you know, and, and, and being true to like your art. Uh, and you set the tone, I want to talk about like how you put the whole thing together too, but you set the tone from the very beginning with the, the intro. And there's, the quote is, an artist's duty is to reflect the times. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that really set the tone for the rest of the album. Tell me about like your moment of reflection in these times and, and kind of your thought process while you were making this record. Well, I had started the record um, at the end of 2019, like December. Um, and I had just worked on a few of the records. Um, I didn't have like an end game particularly as to how exactly that album was supposed to what the story was per se um as the album was released 
in the summer of 2020, obviously there was a lot going on. We were in the midst of a pandemic, um, George Floyd, um, the protests, everything that was going on, the monument. Um, and at the time when all of this was going on, I felt a pressure to complete the album. At that moment, I felt an urgency to complete the album in this, like I needed to catch lightning in a bottle. I needed to document what was my experience. Um, me as an artist, I feel um, that basically all I'm doing is uh, expressing the human experience from my perspective, you know, so I felt like this was a time that needed to be captured. Um, so the, the very first day that the monument started to become repurposed, um, I, yeah, I, you know, I linked up with uh, Dion from Till Infinity Multimedia, my photographer, and we went and took pictures on the, um, on the monument. Um, and that ended up being the album cover, which is why, you know, if you look at that picture, there's not, a, there's not the full coverage of of graffiti all over the monument. There's just like, you can still read the words, it's right? Sparse. You know what I mean? It's sparse. So like, um, that was literally like the very first day after it happened. I was like, yo, I gotta get down there and see that. But yo, come come meet me, we're gonna go take pictures. So I went, you know, we took the pictures and um, and I just kind of went into hyper speed with finishing the album. I had just lost my uncle um, to COVID. Um, I just needed to, I needed to capture all of my emotions in that particular time. Um, and that's kind of how that album became formed and how it sounds so specific to, you know, when it was released. The, yeah, I mean, it does, it, it fits a moment. And one of those songs is Rumors of War. Was mm -hmm. that something that was done as you were like rushing to finish it up or had you had that done? No, Rumors of War was the first record that I had done. I did that around the time that the Candy Wiley uh, um, sculpture was created um, or was unveiled. put unveiled, I should say. Um, it took a minute to get unveiled, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, right. Stuck. <laughs> so, um, so that was that was actually done in the end of 2019. That particular record. Um, the records towards the end of the album, uh, Law and Order, um, Unity, uh, you know, basically like that last five or six records um, were the ones that were done really quickly towards the end of the wrapping up of that particular album. In this album speaking to that moment did that have anything to do with why you were chosen to be like the main figure in the mending walls project no um a record that i did um well started out as a poem and then turned into a record that was on jesus never wore a suit called uh when 16 ain't enough um that particular poem that came out I really did that for Poetry Slam um, in like 2000, 
I want to say like 16, something like that. Um, and then having a hard time remembering what year Jesus Never Wore a Suit was released, but it was a couple of years after that. Um, and that that particular record specifically was kind of the catalyst of me being the focal point of that mural. Um, but it was also just my general stance musically and like publicly on those matters in addition to that particular record. What do you feel when you look at that, that mural? <sighs> um, you know, it's always a very interesting question. Like I was asked that when it was first done and I'm standing there looking at it and I didn't have an answer then. I don't really have an answer now. Um, I feel a sense of pride for sure. Um, I feel honored to be among those names. I feel like the focal point of that mural is the names, not my face. I feel like my face is just a, um, and my hands are just to signify where we stand in all of this currently. So there's these names of all of these slain people by police, and this is where we still happen to be among this it's not as this is not over my hands are still up i'm still asking for grace in this position you know i'm still asking for mercy essentially um uh which is sad because um one human being should not have to ask for mercy from another human being Best in a cape just to make it to 17, cause 16 ain't enough. We scream justice or else. Every week they call our bluff. God help us. You know, the people make it about rap. You know, they, they make it about my stature and whether or not I'm worthy or should someone else be or, you know, I no, I'm not worthy. Um, <laughs> I don't believe a living human being should need to be able to go see themselves on a wall. I do feel like that's for reserved for the deceased, um, the honored deceased, right? I, I, that's how it always has been. Um, it just is something that has become, and I think it's beautiful that we are celebrating people while we're still alive. I think that's beautiful, don't get that twisted. But what I'm saying is for a person to say they deserve it, like there's nothing that I could do while I'm walking around on earth. I could be as accomplished as Jay-Z and I still would not be like, yo, they need to put my face on a wall, yo. You know what I'm saying? Like I still wouldn't be saying that, that still wouldn't register to me as something to say. You know what I'm saying? So. When, when I hear people say that or say that they aspire for that, I'm just like, you're kind of missing it. Like, you know, what I do know that, that that is, is that you inspired some, art inspires art, right? So one artist inspired another artist. Like, I make music. I inspired someone that paints and draws to paint me on a wall. That's it. Somehow I inspired them to do that. That's beautiful. They might have decided to paint me on a shoebox or draw my name on a 
you know, on a bathroom stall or something. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like their medium, their medium to happens to be murals. So that's what they did, you know, or it could have been a sculpture or, you know, it could be anything. It could be an interview. Right. It's all what you invoke in other people. I think people miss that point. It's like like people are asking me genuinely, like, how do you think I could get to that point? And I'm like, move people, move someone, move, move someone. It doesn't and even like this. I'm saying like I just said, there's still a m million people in Richmond that don't know who I am. Right. So I didn't move everyone. I moved one person. I may have moved more than one. But what I'm saying in, in, this, in this particular <laughs> yeah. instance, I moved Nils Westergaard. You know, and that's it. You know, I didn't, I didn't pay Nils Westergaard. I didn't ask Nils Westergaard. I didn't buddy up to Nils Westergaard. I, I, I inspired him. Um, so it's you know that's as an artist, your focus should be to move people. It should be to inspire people. It should be to motivate people. However, that comes back to you is how it comes back to you. Could be in the form of a mural. Could be in the form of a record deal. Could be in the form of a million dollar check it could be in the form of who knows you know what i'm saying mamas, it yeah. could be yeah it could be anything right <laughs> it could be anything but the whole point is have your mindset correctly on what your goal is and your goal can't be self edification i mean well not let me not say edification edification is great it can't be self appreciation it can't be a, you know remove the ego remove the narcissism from it and get to a more pure place and that will more than likely help you move someone in a way that will honor you someday it's about legacy at the end of the day you know for me yeah uh. They saying they want it with, when they saying they wanted it, they ain't say what they want did it, they don't really want war with it, I'm pulling the sword, I'm flipping the coin with it, I'm really enjoying this, no I'm really annoyed with it, no I'm really just bored with it, done with it, rather give something from my core, I ain't got enough baby, I ain't got enough, 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 I ain't got enough baby. You got to tell me a little bit about Mama Joe's collection, clothing. I mean, clearly I got some on. I, yes. I'm a big fan. You got some awesome. on. How, where did this idea come from? Like, how did oh. you get started, bro? Um, well, it also kind of goes back to All Art Ain't Pretty. Um, when I was finishing that album up, if you listen to it, there's just the, uh, I don't even call them skits because they're not skits. They're conversations, recorded conversations that I had with my mom where um, I'm talking her through her frustrations, through her artistic process and some of the difficulties that she's having with being able to get her vision out um, and just encouraging her and giving her a different perspective on her artistic approach. And um, I knew that those were gonna be very powerful pieces of the album. Um, but also, are, those are just very small glimmers of the daily 
types of conversations I had with my mom trying to encourage her to do her art. Um, and for me, that was still an ongoing fight. Like, how do I figure out how to get her to appreciate her art the way other people do or the way that I do? Or how can I get her to understand that she is very talented and her art can be really impactful to the world. So I would always look for these opportunities, whether it would be to do, you know, an art showing as part of a show or bringing her to Tuesday Verses and letting her bring her art and, you know, and speak to the people and sell art there. Uh, had, you know, other websites and things where I displayed her art over the years. So I would always look for these different things. And one of the times when my mom was in a physical rehab place, I had used a vendor that I used to make some of my clothes make a pair of socks with her art on it and that was like the first piece and like and she was like blown away by that and it really helped her like through you know that particular process and that and um I think I made like one other thing like a hoodie but it wasn't how these are it was you know just like on the front I hadn't really figured it out yet um and then you know I was like oh, I'm really gonna get into this I'm really gonna get into this at some point but I'm not like I do clothing and merch and I, you know I got Richmond's own and stuff like that but I wouldn't consider myself like some like huge like knowledgeable fashion person to where I you know I would have thought that we would be at this point right um but I think you know somebody that I know um, was like, man, you know, you really should, you know, put your mom's art on, like, clothes or something. And I'm like, or they wanted to figure out how to do it. Like, and I was like, in my mind, I'm like, I, this is something that I know that I'm supposed to do. And before I can let anyone else do it, I need to do it, right? So I just started, like, really, like, sitting down at nights and just working on designs and... I started to figure out that I was pretty good at it and I was getting excited about these different pieces. It was like writing verses. So it was like, I'd be like, oh, and I'd tell my, you know, my fiance at the time, my wife now, like, yo, come, you know, come take a look at this, you know, like what you think of this shirt or what you think of these, this bathing suit? Or, and I'm, I'm like, I'm making bathing suits, I'm making dresses. Like, this is so crazy. But it was like, the stuff was coming out really good. So. But I knew if I was going to release it, it had to be, like, right. You know, um, the website, the postings, everything had to be legit. Like, it had to be right. Um, so I really kind of dedicated myself to it for, like, a month before um, before the album came out. I released the album on one day, and I released the line the next day. Um, and then it, like, really, like kind of like took a life of its own like immediately people were supporting it um and it's been kind of a ride since i mean it's you know it has its ebbs and flows as far as like people buying stuff and everything but as far as people appreciating it um that's constantly taking an upward swing and you know i just uh now you know my mom is passed now um and for me it's just like what I was most proud about it, in, in addition to just, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It really motivated her to make more art. She made a lot more art and art more consistently. She was able to see her art in a fashion show for RV Fashion Week and just to be there and get her, you know, a round of applause and her flowers um, was like 
amazing to me. Um, you know, so um, unfortunately didn't get to, to, to you know, bought a new house and wanted to, you know, uh, give her the garage as her art studio. Didn't quite get to that particular point to see where her journey was going to go from there. But um, I was able to create a legacy for my mom's art and for her and, you know, that'll continue to live on and that's going to continue to grow. And, um, you know, so I have a renewed uh, inspiration and motivation to make sure that, you know, Mama Joe's collection is even bigger than it ever has been or would could think of it being. So, yeah. That's really beautiful. I, uh, I, I found myself identifying like a lot with with your mom in those like skits or mm -hmm. those conversations, you know, because at one point she's she's talking about the art that she makes versus the art that is it looks real like the photo right, photo right. Uh, photogenic I don't even know what that yeah like portrait portrait, portrait real life yeah. yeah okay yeah. but like you know her style versus this and she kept calling her style weird right and 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 I really appreciated that you kind of step in as like this conscious moment you're just like look it's just what you do you know what I mean right. it's not weird like you can't do that because you're not supposed to be doing it you know right, what I mean right. and. What was your process kind of finding out that lesson? Like, how did you find out, all right, this is what I do. I need to focus That's on gems. this. Mm. I think um, for me, it was, you know, in hip hop, you, I hate to continue to hearken back to a different day, but, you know, when I was coming up, we talk about this a lot, me and Mike, you know, you you had to have your own style you had to you know you had to stand out like that was like part of it like if you wanted to be in it you had to be this is you and this is what you bring you know and it was like collectively this is what it all was it wasn't like a million people that sounded the same like now it's like everybody just you know not everybody but you know you have your a bunch of artists that sound like this, you have a bunch of artists that sound like that, a bunch of artists that sound like that, you know, it's like, um, and they don't even try to make it different or differentiate at all. You know, the the only differentiation that people try to make now between one another is like how far they're willing to like exploit themselves on, on the internet. You know, it's like, I'll do, I'll look crazy like this, but I still make music that sounds just like this guy. You know what I'm saying? But I'll, I'm willing to do this craziness. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, yeah, that's yeah. kind of how people set themselves apart now. It's like, the how, same book how with can a new you, cover. Yeah, how can you go viral, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and that's not everyone. I mean, I, the Twitter is like, oh, no, there's a lot of, yes, there's a ton of talented people right now doing a, dope original things. You know what I'm saying? But there's also a million clones as well. Yeah. Um, and that's just not how things were. So, I mean, that in and of itself was a lesson that I had to, I learned coming into it. Um, for my mom, it was more like how I viewed it was, I'm drawn to your art because of how unpolished it is, how uh, off kilter it is, how it seems like it comes from like either your soul or like some deep deep place in your mind like you've seen all of these things and then when you're sitting down with your materials you somehow spill out all of like a random it's like 
like you know and that just came from like over here somewhere and then this one like came from it's like this where did this like chinese inspired african inspired figures coincide into like this other world that you created and like then you threw an ocean on it it's like but it has but you can tell it has a focus it's not just you know it, but you're it's like savant stuff like you're really just kind of like zoning in and like this is what came from it um that's different than you know me saying I've technically learned how to graph uh, a train and make a train look exactly like a train. And, you know, I mean, like, that's great. That's a talent. But that can be taught. There's books you can buy. You can go to classes. They can teach you. How. No one can teach you how to make what my mom made, you know, and for it to feel to people how it felt. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to get her to understand that, like, that's yes it's abstract no it's not it's technically sound um but it's what art is art is an expression like i said it's a human expression um and like you're doing that in its purest way like so don't don't feel like you have to tinker with that or that you have to compete with what you see because i i know people that want to buy that and they want to put that on their wall but they don't want to buy a picture of a train and put that on their wall. You know what I'm saying? Because they mean, I mean, you have to like be like a train collector to want to put a train. Don't on hate on wall. train collectors. Nothing's wrong with train collectors. I'm not saying that. No, I'm, just messing <laughs> I'm just saying there's there's a there's a lane for everyone. And, yeah. you know, just, un you know what I'm saying? And it's not to take away from anyone that does portrait artistry. That is an amazing gift, you know, hyper realistic art is an amazing gift i'm just saying that there's room for both yeah, so it's and like, you should appreciate your, what you do and exactly your no i got it you hate trains i'm with it <laughs> <laughs> write songs you make songs but you also go out there and embarrass people in battle raps <laughs> i watched a bunch of your old videos just to kind of mm -hmm. do my research um and what i like about you is for, so here's my beef this is my beef with with battle raps is most times you just got people talking about how they're going to hurt each other mm -hmm. but what i like about you is you get into people's psyches there was one um i don't remember who it was but you were battling a dude and he kept talking about how you were bald. <laughs> but he was bald. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right like, hand you, hand. You, like your opening line, I don't remember what it was, but you flipped it on him. You were like, it's funny how the one thing you got to say about me yeah. is this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, it and was, I think you took your head off too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, yeah, I was saying, um, I think uh, the line was, I can't remember the line exactly, but it was like, you know, the one thing that I was like, you know, we, we don't have anything in common except for the fact that we're both bald. And that <laughs> seems to be the main thing that you have to say about me. So it makes me feel like yeah. you don't like yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that's something about yourself that we have in common and you're talking bad about it. So me, I feel like that's an insecurity on your part. That was just how I that's just how I viewed it you know it's like why would you be saying this like it's a negative thing when you you deal with the same thing you know so like but yeah now I mean that's for me I think that's what you know battle rap is it's like 
it is, uh, you know, getting into each other's psyche and, you know, kind of um, finding out each person's, each opponent's thumbscrew, um, whether that be something that's publicly visible or it's, it's, your, it's your job to make it visible, you know, what their thumbscrew is. That's your job. How far are you willing to press on that thumbscrew? Where is, is there a line for you? Oh, uh, it's plenty of, yeah, there's lines for me. Um, I don't, yeah, it's a lot of lines I won't cross. I've, I've gotten, I've had, <laughs> I've had plenty of dirt um, on opponents and people give me things to, you know, material that I could use or, um, things I just happen to know, you know, um, about a particular person and just choose not to go there. Like, um, and I'm not, that's not knocking anyone who does. I enjoy all the weaponry that comes along with battle rap. That's the, that's what we're in it for, right? You know, the risks when you get involved. Um, it's just for me, it's just certain energy I don't necessarily need. Like, I don't need certain energy, you know what I'm saying, on me. You know, it's like, uh, yeah. Okay. It, it, if I was in a different space in my life, sometimes maybe I'll cross lines that, you know, that I won't cross today. Like if I was younger, you know, it'd probably be different. You know what I mean? But like at my age and my lifestyle, I don't need to get dirty. You know what I'm saying? With people necessarily. But at the same time, it all depends on what that I'll be prepared. Like I'll hold something. I'll have a I've, I've had lines. You know, I had lines in that battle, that particular battle that I was putting in my back pocket because I thought that was like the only battle that I had with somebody where we genuinely didn't like each other. Oh, oh really? Like, so if you're prepared to go nuclear. Yeah. Like oh, if you're if you're going to because because oh, when wow. you know somebody doesn't like you and they're yeah. mad petty, yeah. you don't know what extent they'll go to whether that is the truth or a lie right mm -hmm. it's like so for me it's like you know depending upon who it is i'm not saying this to this particular person i'm sure, cool sure, yeah. we're, we're cool okay. now but like you know for some people it's like i'm cool i'm solid i know you don't have no nothing to ex expose me about that's true but i'll still feel like yo as long as you don't lie on me i won't tell the truth about you type of thing because i'm not gonna lie on you that's another line i definitely i'm not gonna make up no angle or no story about you yeah. to get ahead in a battle but if i can confirm what i know to be true and you tell a lie on me then depending on that lie we might have to tell the truth it actually started with my mom like i went grocery shopping with her and was starting to see all of the alter all the options that are out there i just was like yo like i can make all kinds of pretzels i would come up with a bunch of cravings and then start selling them at work like i spent a lot of time like making sure every detail is like perfect i just knew whatever was going to come out was going to be real because like I sort of, I, I live and breathe this, like, handling creations. It was really important for us to be able to provide something for our vegan community, gluten-free community, our sugar-free community. The pretzels are like pretzel ladies. The cake pops are lady cakes. So just kind of trying to pour into that feminine energy and that 
you know, I can have kids and still own my own business. Like, I can do it all. I'm a dual role in battle rap. I'm a battler, but I'm a league owner as well. And I'm doing more league ownering than battling these last couple of years, so. Do you do one or the other at events, or have you ever done both? Every battle that I've ever had, except for URL, I've ran the event, unfortunately. And I, and, and I didn't even, and that's from the first time I battled and the first time I did a battle event. And I didn't realize how much stress that I was putting on myself and how much extra work that I was putting on myself by doing dual roles every single time until I was battling for URL and I was like, you mean I just gotta show up and rap? Oh, this is this is a lot easier. Like in you know, in performances they reflected as such. So yeah, I, I feel for any battler slash league owners, um, I always know the the weight that comes with trying to balance all of that because preparing for a battle is like no other performance preparation it is way more grueling way more involved way more cumbersome it's hell actually. like how much research are you doing for it's not so much about the research um but it can be now when i say research it may not be like digging up dirt but it might be like studying your opponent like you know, their flaws, like how their battles, depends on your opponent. Like when I battled JC, he's got like 50 battles, bro. Like, but with me being like a person that doesn't want to repeat anything that anyone else said, I'm watching like all of them. So I'm taking stuff out because, oh, he said that. And no, oh, this one said that. So it's like that type of thing. I kind of overthought it. I overdid it. You know, when I look at my book back at that performance, I feel like I overdid it. I overwrote. I over. Yeah, I did too much. Um, but it's not so much the research as it is the memorization. Um, you're thinking nine minutes worth of material, three three-minute rounds, typically, if not more. And I'm kind of long-winded, so I, sometimes I have like three five-minute rounds. You know, that's 15 minutes of content that you cannot slip up, stumble, say something wrong, you can't double it back, you can't afford to slip up, and you have to, and you have performance that's going along in it. You have to have it down to the point where you can say it with conviction. Plus you gotta say it, you gotta start over because the crowd right, reaction. you have to be able to continue to on with crowd reaction, pausing and all of that. So you have to know it, know it, know it. And that becomes so consuming, you know, especially like, if you got a job and you got a family and you got things that yeah. you have to, other responsibilities other than just battle rapping, like you're in the shower, every time you're in the shower, you're reciting rhymes. Every time there's a quiet moment, you're doing it. You, you're forcing that your girl to, to <laughs> sit in the room and listen to you go over these rounds every night. You know what I mean? Like anytime that you're not talking to someone else, you know, you're you're rapping, you know, if you're walking through the grocery store, you're rapping. And it's like you're constantly doing this and you can't get comfortable. You can't say, oh, I, I know it. It's a week out. I know it, you know, because you think you had you had it then. Yeah. But then you went three or four days, two days, whatever, without saying it. Now you're in the battle and you think you still got it. 
And now it only takes you to miss one word to throw the whole thing off. And now people are like, oh, you choked. He was, you know, it's like, it's like everything that you wrote, and everything that you did is down a drain because you did not memorize it to a T. So for me, if I can't spit it double time, I don't know it. Like I have to be able to rap it like Twisted to be able to say I know it. If I don't feel like if I don't do that, then I still got work to do. And I've, I mean, I've gone in with feeling like I had work to do and some performances are better than others. I got one more question. Go for it, bro. Or uh, last one. All right, your advice to uh, MCs who are maybe afraid of jumping into Cypher, mm. you know, or just saying that's not for me, you know. Um, it depends, right? I don't judge anybody for what they choose to, you know, get into or what they choose not to get into, like what's not for you. It's not for you. However, it also depends upon why they're saying that. You know what I'm saying? You have some people that are like, especially younger guys that, that ain't really been around. Like if you've been around, you do what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't already figured yourself out. You know what I'm saying? But it's a lot of young artists that really haven't figured anything out. And they're like, oh, no, nah, that ain't for me. I'm, I'm an artist. I make songs. And it's like, you know, you don't really make songs that well. You know, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't really like, you know, and the reason why you don't make songs that well is because you have not taken yourself through any sort of, you haven't walked through any fire, you know what I'm saying, as an artist. And um, if you take some time to do this, get into this process, you'll find that you'll be challenging yourself as a writer, challenging yourself as a, a a performer as a stage performer um in ways that you've never had to stretch yourself and in that process you'll find that it okay i'm having to write these cypher raps and they're not songs they're not you know they're not hooks they're not but they're but they're forcing me to do something i'm uncomfortable at and it's forcing me to use literary devices that i don't i haven't found that I needed to use in the music I've been making, whether it be metaphors or wordplay or song, like rhyme structures or, you know, uh, punchlines, um, these different things that are designed to invoke a reaction from an audience member. Keep in mind, if you can make an audience react to something that you wrote, that is a that is an accomplishment like in writing and it can be it's a transferable skill you know it's not just for the cipher you know it's not just for the competition it's also teaching you how to write moving lyrics and that can be applied to now if you want to write a song and you're writing about your life those same literary devices and practices that you learned in writing and the cipher can be applied to that music. So now your music has deeper elements. That's why it's like even down to like trap rappers or whatever, it's like if you can find a lyrical, really lyrical version that of a person that can do that type of music, that can know when to pull back on some of the more technical things and when to add them, 
those are going to be the artists that have the most longevity even in that field because those are the ones that are going to be able to put substance into it and they're going to be able to sound they're going to be able to say different things like they're not every song is not going to be the same from them because they can do so many different things with their writing you know what i'm saying even though they have a sound that's popular yeah. so then it's like oh well he has everything because he can make me he can write hooks and he's got a certain type of energy a certain kind of swag but then when i really listen yo, he's saying something so then it's like an artist like myself who might only like not might only but is more centered around the writing when i'm listening to you i'm like oh i see why y'all like him you know what i'm saying because he does that but he also does this you know what i'm saying so it's like it's not off limits for anybody or any style anyone can learn from this environment it's just a matter of putting yourself in it and do you want to go through these it's like a it's like you know like a basic training there's no no man would come out of basic training without some additional skills right i don't care what you you your your job you may not be a soldier in life you may be a you know a computer engineer right for the rest of your life yeah, yeah. well think about it yeah. everyone that goes into the army has a different job they're not all uh, picking up guns and shooting them some are going to be chefs some are going to be tech people some are going to be you know what i'm saying like it's all kinds of different jobs but they all go through basic training right they all go through basic training because there's certain elements that you need period if you're going to be in the army you know what i'm saying so no matter what your style is no matter what your goal is in music going through this process will benefit you if you apply yourself if you try to reach the highest pinnacle of this platform you will come out of it a better artist i don't care if you ever decide to get into a rap battle or a cypher again in your life it's something that you're going to take from it that's going to carry you through and i mean there's a lot of artists that come on our stage they got music videos out, they got albums out. They get on our stage and it's the first time they've performed on stage yeah, before. They've ever yeah. held a microphone. Yeah. I'd be like, <laughs> this is the first time you've ever held a microphone, but you got music videos? Yeah. Like from my era, that is so backwards. Like yeah. I don't need, like that blew my mind. Like I'm like, what? but that's common though. Yeah. It's common now. So, but that was the point of creating a platform to begin with was to kind of like reel that back in to where it's like artists can say, okay, wait, wait, maybe I should take a moment to do this first and then I can focus on my music. And, you know, it's a lot. And then, and then the thing is, it's cool. It's like, it's not just for the young people. Like we've had MCs from ages 15 all the way up to 46. So it's like, you've got artists that used to be into it heavy that are like coming back out and finding a renewed vigor in their artistry and then their desire to make music or just to rap publicly you know what i'm saying and it's for them as well so no nah, it's a beautiful thing you got me to come back out i hadn't rapped in a long time and i was like i, I went to one and i watched this guy do oh it and God. i was like I'm gonna get up there no, next the time. Thing, like, <laughs> and then once you go for it, sometimes it just becomes like addicting. Oh yeah. When you get oh, yeah. started. You know I, I love it. Like, I, I love that. The, the, yeah. You know, I love my um, Jason is is definitely one of our uh, yeah. repeat 
MCs, our, our people that are dedicated to the platform that are like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here every single month. Um, and I love that because I get to actually watch them grow and like see every month them get better and do something better. It's like whether it's they're more confident or it's how they're changing their flows up or like, you know, different little things that you can tell that they were working on for that month. Because it's like what makes this unique and I'll and I'll get off my soapbox is like it's having to focus on just one verse for a whole month. It's like one verse, one beat, one performance for the whole month. So it's like all your energy is going into how can I make this one verse as good as possible? How can I memorize it? Then how can I perform it the best? Because I'm going to have one opportunity to do this right. And that is a, it's a different sort of focus. It's a different sort of discipline. It's a different sort of like, it's a, it's a, there's a growth that happens just within each particular month that you do that. You know what I'm saying? So it takes a dedication. It takes, because you can't just, oh, I'm going to write this verse and you're not going to record it. You've got to memorize it. And it's probably, if you use your time, you, it's two minutes. You know, it's not, it's not 16 bars. 16 bars is only 45 seconds. You know what I'm saying? This is like a 32 and some change. Like, you really got to dedicate yourself to it. So it's cool. It's really good. Thanks for listening to Liner Notes as the podcast. You can always go to www.hearrva.com if you want to watch the visuals as well. The people that helped us out on this episode was Jason, Elijah, Gordy, Alex, Jess, Tommy, Ian, and myself, Ryan. We'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors for this episode, Handy Woman Creations Sweet Shop with those cake pops and the pretzel treats and honestly smoked craft jerky. Mama Joe's collection was also a part of this episode. If you enjoy Liner Notes, make sure you like, subscribe, review, and share with your friends. Visit hereRVA.com or at hereRVA on all socials to catch up on Richmond music. Thanks for tuning in.